the middle of your brain is called the limbic system. And the limbic system, when their emotions are kind of off kilter, it pushes the prefrontal cortex off line, which the prefrontal cortex is your reasoning center. And this reasoning center isn't fully developed until you're 25. And for some people, maybe not even then. So it's like, we're at, it's a big ask to, you know, get a kid to do their homework when they don't really want to. It's a, it's a lot to ask. I'm Ilaria Baldwin. And I'm Alec Baldwin. And this is our podcast, What's One More? I'm Michelle Kenny, and I'm a parenting coach, and um, I'm a former teacher and high school counselor, and I um, come to this method um, in desperation because I was such a bad parent. <laughs> and you can find me at Peace and Parenting all over um, Instagram and Facebook and my courses and everywhere. It's just Peace and Parenting. For those who are listening who are unaware of what your philosophy is, will you just frame it for us? Yes. So it's a conscious, peaceful parenting, and there are a few different ideas. And one of the big ideas is, can you come to your child's upset self-regulated? Or are you going to come very upset? Because when we come heightened, it makes everything harder. So the number one thing is, can I regulate my own emotions? Today you you posted, because I, post, I send these things to my husband all the time, and here's my, my text with my husband. Ten years ago, if I if you would have told me that the only parenting tool I needed was connection, I would have laughed in your face. Now it's all that I can talk about. It's the only reason I started Peace and Parenting, and it's been my goal to spread the word to everyone I know. So that is all that I want to know because I've got a bush million books everywhere, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this here and that there. And if we could just bring it down to connection, that's really nice. But how does that how does that actually work? So the idea is that the more bonded your child is to you, the more you work on connection and the less you use punishments, threats, bribes, timeouts, screaming and yelling, that they will actually want to do what you say on their own. Why? Because they are endeared to you. Because they know that you're on their side and you would do nothing to harm them or you would do nothing to make them feel bad or you would do nothing to scare them. So they want to please you because you're relationship is so tight. Now they're still kids and they're still going to push the boundaries and they're still going to do things that you want to scream and yell at, Mm -hmm. but that's just being kids. And so that's where the self-regulation part comes in. Can I have the bonded relationship and get the desired behaviors? And can I also stay calm when I don't? Let's put it like a few scenarios. I'm asking my daughter to do her homework for the 70 millionth time. Mm-hmm. And she's tired. I'm asking her, trying to motivate her through the day and during a very difficult time. And the work has to get done. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is that kids have to learn. The, there are certain things that you just have to do. Absolutely. Now, if she doesn't want to, and like, oh, I've catch her watching iPad, which before the iPad could be away, and I we wouldn't see it for like months on end. Whereas now it's around because she goes to school on it. So, I mean, I'm with my other kids and then I catch her on the iPad and I'll say, remember, we're not going to watch iPad. It's a school time or whatever it is. Or can you be playing instead of watching iPad? Oh, yeah, mommy, I forgot. Okay. Five minutes later, same thing. How do you get to a place where you can have a peaceful conversation? Because I have to say that if I yell, it changes. If I get to a point where I, and I I call it, I choose to yell because I don't usually lose my temper with them. I will pretend I'm losing my temper with them. And I notice that when I try that, they're like, okay, I'll do it. 
Or they're like, mommy, why are you yelling at me? That's like, you know, why didn't you just say please? And I'm like, I've said please all the other times before. (laughs) I'm sick of saying please. For me, and I am uh, uh, older than my wife and from a different generation, and I'm from a background where I always tell the same story, which is my father, we didn't have any money and we didn't have a comfort level where withholding things from his children was a way to manipulate them. And my friends, the father would literally say, or the mother would say, you can't have the car. You can't take the boat out with your friends. When You can't go to the beach house or the country house. They can't go down into the furnished basement with the pool table and the, and the jukebox and the, all that other stuff and the candy machine. And all this, we we had friends of mine who the parents had a lot of resources that they could use to manipulate their kids. And my dad had none of that. So he only had the fear program. He would look at you like, if you don't, he had four sons and no money. And he knew that they had to fear him. So I don't play that note with these kids. I don't want them to fear me, but I want them to listen to me. And what I'm finding in this dynamic, I'm not saying anything fresh here, by the way, but in this, in this COVID reality where they're not in school with their peers, and therefore, their their un, their their undisciplined behavior stands out if other kids are falling in line. And here, they're home. I mean, Carmen's going back to school now uh, much of the time. But while we had them home, they were like, "Hey, I'm home with my parents. Take it easy, man. I want to have a. I got a refrigerator full of drinks, and I got a pantry full of snacks, and I got my YouTube. And hey, they would literally look at me, and my son, like, "Hey, man, what's your problem, man?" Back off, you know, where if they were in school in some more regimented situation, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. So I think you're right. I mean, we're in a pandemic and it's something we've never experienced before. And I think we're in uncharted territory and all of us are just doing the best that we can Mm -hmm. to some degree. And our kids too are doing the best they can. I don't think they necessarily want to be home with us all day long. I think they'd like to have a varied scenery or whatnot. And I think it creates more conflict because everyone's together all the time. But I do believe that if you infuse connection, and I want to go just a tiny bit back to what Hilaria said, is that if you infuse connection in those moments where they're not doing what you want them to doing, because you're Alec, you're saying the same thing, like they're not doing what you want them to do, and they're not, you know, adhering to your requests. If you stop in the moment that you're asking, like the homework incident, you say, hmm, I've asked her three times. She's not listening. She can't hear me because her prefrontal cortex is disengaged, meaning her reasoning center is not working. How can I get her reasoning center working so she can think better so that I can get her to do her homework or I can get them not to eat snacks all day or whatever it is that we want to get them to do? Because conventional parenting says punish, threaten, bribe, make them scared of you, yell, do all of these things, which keeps the prefrontal cortex fully more disengaged. So in the moment that Carmen says for the third time that, yes, she's going to do it, but she's really not going to do it. We say, Carmen, sweetie, honey, I have five minutes to spend with you right this second. What do you want to do? And you get connected to that child because she needs it. Mm -hmm. And then after that connection, you return to your request and you say, hey, Carmen, now it's time for homework. She'll be more likely to do it because you've connected with her, because she feels endeared to you, because you've spent time. Now, is the reason why the prefrontal cortex stays open is that because they have to dissociate because it's too much. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to be. Yeah, kind of. That's kind of it. So let's say this in, in people who aren't just can't see me, the middle, if you put your one fist over hand over the other, the middle of your brain is called the limbic system and the limbic system when their emotions are kind of off kilter, it pushes the prefrontal cortex off 
line, which the prefrontal cortex is your reasoning center. Right. And this reasoning center isn't fully developed until you're 25. And for some people, maybe not even then. Right. So it's like, we're at, it's a big ask to, you know, get a kid to do their homework when they don't really want to. It's a, it's a lot to ask. Well, so but we the other, the other really- question I have is that is, it's like, it's like, and this is, is perhaps not a great question and it exposes some of my ignorance, but it's like, how do we get the kids to listen to us the way they listen to the teachers? Just like you said, fear. <laughs> their fear of being embarrassed, their fear of like, you oh, know, God. being called out in front of everybody. I feared my dad. He would, my dad would kill I, I, me I, I, if I, I don't think, it. I don't think my wife wanted you to say that. I don't think my wife wanted <laughs> no, you to prompt me. To prompt <laughs> no, but I do. Listen, I don't want to. My, my problem is, and it is a problem in one sense, is that I'm swinging and my wife and I talk about this and talk and talk and talk about this. And that is I'm swinging too much between worship and idolatry and I'm licking my kids head to toe and I pick up my sons and I'm like, oh God, you're the most beautiful creature and I'm so in love with you and you changed my life. And some of them are like, please get off of me for, for God's sakes. I mean, all I do is smother Romeo. my children. <laughs> yeah, all I do is like huff my children. I hook them up and sniff them. And w- my wife doesn't have to do that because in this house, the joke is I'm doing really well with my kids. Everything's going great. They're connected to me. They want to be right until she walks in the room. The moment she walks in the room, I'm invisible. They all uh, go running to their mother. That, that's that's be, that's because they're little. But I think, Alec, what you're touching on, and, and right. Michelle, I'd love to get your idea on it, is consistency. Right, exactly. Kids yeah. don't. Kids kids want something consistent. Because you said, that, I mean, I'm guessing, because I know you really well, that you'll swing from being like, I love you, love you, love you, to I'm really mad at you about something, I, I mean, to I love whoa, you, love whoa, you, whoa, love whoa. you, to I'm really mad about something. And, and that's what I think is scary for kids is the unpredictability of things. You know, it's like, I want to be loved. And even when I mess up, I need to be loved through being messed up. And, and and Michelle, what it sounds to me, what you're saying is that there's like a little bit of a tinkering of a system. Like if I have a car, I don't know what to do with a car, but like imagine I'm under the hood of a car and, and I'm like banging it because it's not working as opposed to I, you know, screw a valve in or fix whatever that actually needs to be fixed. And it's almost like us as parents have to get a little bit more clever about what the kids are capable of and not capable of so that we can tinker with what our words in the right way in order to actually fix what's going on rather than whacking it and like hoping that all the parts are going to come into place. Yeah. I mean, I think the idea is that when your kid is displaying a behavior you don't like, you should feel bad for them because they're not doing well. Right. And instead we get angry because we're operating in our own subconscious, how we were treated a lot. A lot of times we're like, listen, you have it good, kid. Like you don't even know how I had it. And you're almost mad at them because they're getting it so much better. And now you have to self-regulate. But if you can stay calm and not get mad, you can just see them as struggling. Again, back to this idea of the pendulum swinging so much of where it's just this constant, uh, uh, you know, uh, worship of my kids and wanting them to be happy and comfortable and all these things. And then, uh, and then when I talk to them and they don't pay attention to me, like like my wife and I have been forced to work from home, like many other people. And when you're in the anything that's related to recording, the um, the issue is some privacy and some quiet and some concentration. The thing as we that, hear, the, I do hear this baby as screaming. We, as we hear, as we hear Luthia crying. Uh, uh, so, so my but my point is is that the thing that died in this house very quickly. 
the thing that died at the get-go of the, of the, of the COVID was my ability to concentrate on my work. To have, yes. to, to have an hour unbroken, to sit in this room undisturbed. I mean, I'll be in the middle of doing my show and we'll be on, uh, we'll be doing, we do film, we, we sh- uh, record the show on one certain kind of app and we'll all be on the app interviewing our guest, who's usually a fairly prominent person. And my son will walk in the room and be like, hey, everybody, <laughs> walk up and look into the camera. Right, but Alec, what you, what you have to realize is you just can't create a perfect situation. And I think as parents, oh, you know, when, I, when I, we I get take that on, loud and clear. When we take on becoming parents, it's not just taking on it when it's convenient for us, but realizing that sometimes it's going to be inconvenient. And then we have to be the adults who have to, you know, guide them in ways that it's going to turn them into being great humans. As you can see what's going on here, Michelle, is my wife believes that I'm still in need of the most rudimentary instruction about parenting. The most basic. Like, 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 like you, you can have everything your way. You can't have all the things. You can't have what you want all the time. And I'm like, I think really? Alex wants really? one thing to go his way. He just wants one and little tiny Michelle, space to have. Please <laughs> move out here to Long Island, Michelle. We're gonna go have coffee. Oh my god! If Michelle, but if Michelle, oh, Michelle. were in the house and actually saw the reality of all of this. She'd be like, Alec, everything's going your way except for one thing every once in a while. And then, then, then. No, but I there's think everyone with her. Everyone whatever. has been like crazy. I mean, my kids walk in all the time with clients. How many I'm do like, you have? Two, two. How old? Two girls, 15 and 12. Oh, my God. And they walk, they're texting me through all my meetings. I'm like, listen, <laughs> I can't talk to you I'm right working. now. I'm working. Carmen is texting me to uh, to get her water multiple times. I'm like, you walk downstairs and you get your own water. (laughs) I mean, I feel I feel like the real answer. I mean, I'm joking, but I feel like sometimes I'm like, I feel like I should be in a suite in Las Vegas, and I just hand my kids money. I'm go 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 play the slot machines for a couple of hours. I'm busy. Go down and play the slots. Go play some. Go throw some dice. Get out of here. You know, it's like I should be. I wish there was something, but out here where we live. No, go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, I was going to say you can do that at some point. Well, I was going to do that sooner than you think when they turn 10. But my point is is that that we're out here. We've got a nice piece of property, but it is the same five or six moves again. But they want her. They want her. And they accept no substitutes. And and they get really, really, they're a pain in the you-know-what when they don't get her when they want her. Well, when you want her as your mom? Well, I prefer to have her in another role, actually, but I, I, I actually would not want her to be <laughs> my mean, mom. That would be creepy. But, you know um, what? To, to, be, to be quite honest, it's usually, um, you know, the kids will come and be like, Daddy said this. Is this okay? Like, they know that they have to ask me for permission. Yeah. And then also- I say, go play the slots. And also, it's like, it's like the worst sibling, sibling rivalry is between yeah. Alec and the children. I'm, yeah, I'm the seventh child in this. They, yeah, he's the seventh child. Now, can you talk to me a little bit about the hand-in-hand method of parenting? Yes. So that's where I was trained. Um, I'm a hand-in-hand parenting instructor, and I um, studied under Patty Whitfler, who's the founder. And it's the it's this idea that connection is all you need. That the more you connect with your kids, and the more empathy you can have, and the less you use threats and bribes and punishments and consequences and yelling, the easier parenting is. Right. And that's that's it. It's really basic, and it works. I'm going to definitely have to incorporate this more because, again, it's this idea that you you try so hard, but there there's moments yes. that it just like it doesn't feel like anything is making it through. Now, you and I were talking um, earlier before this about you know si- the actual sibling rival, the real si- the real siblings, not not even just rivalry, just sibling drama. Yeah. And what do you what happens if there's danger? 
Um, and, and what do you, I mean, I, that's, that's the times when I yell, when they're, when they're literally just like tearing each other apart, which I'm very surprised with as many kids I have, it doesn't happen that often, but when it does, it can get pretty intense and that's when I'll scream and then they get scared and cry. Um, but then I realize I've created a trauma there of like, they're like, mommy, why are you crying? Why are you you screaming at me? And they're like in my lap crying and I'm having to like soothe them after. Well, then it takes longer to get the whole thing to, you know, dissolve itself because now we've got two upsets, right? Exactly. But I think my recommendation is, is when they're being physical with one another is to come in calmly as calmly as you can, because even if, you know, the screaming, like you said, causes an additional trauma. So if you can just come in calmly and physically separate them without Mm -hmm. saying too much, like just take your hands. They're little. You can just like push them apart kindly. Say, hey guys, what happened? Carmen, what happened? Tell me. And she's going to tell you a whole story and you're going to empathize with her. Oh, wow. He did that. I'm so sorry. I understand. Okay. So we have this idea of realize what our kids are capable of and not capable of. Really see their limits. Think about their brain development. We have this idea that connection is the key to proper parenting and to uh, for teaching our children to be good humans um, mm-hmm. in the future and happy humans and humans where they're living their best life possible. Yep. What are some practical tips that you can give to us um, in in terms of doing that? I think the other part of it, which I think is the best thing for parents is learn to self-regulate. If you can self-regulate, you've got it made. If you can stay calm right. in the in the face of turmoil, in the face of everyone pulling each other's hair, in the face of any of that stuff, if you can just stay calm, that's 75% of the battle. How do you stay calm? It took me a long time. <laughs> I was a yeller and a screamer and a control freak. And it took me a couple of years to just like, I talk to myself. Now I say mantras. I'm like, you can stay calm, Michelle. Do not scream. Like I literally like talk to myself. I go in the bathroom when I know I'm going to explode. I, you know, I get outside. I go to yoga. I take care of myself. I make sure I put myself first because if I don't, I'm a crappy parent. So I really take Mm -hmm. care of myself and work on myself so that I can come to them calmly. I think right. that's the biggest thing. You 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 lose your temper and you and you're very uh, uh, volcanic with your children. I wouldn't understand that at all. I have no idea what that's like. It's never happened to him, not never. once. I am always calm. I'm always he's serene. Always calm. I'm always ascended. He's actually, I've he's holding my me feelings. back. I'm like yeah. losing my she's temper. The he's problem. Larry, she's the problem. through that. She got everybody fooled that she's this wonderful mother. <laughs> I'm the one holding this whole thing together. You need a anyway. mantra, Alec. But, 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 you need but, a mantra. You could say like, they're just kids. I often say it's going to be okay. Like, okay, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I realize I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to myself. Yeah. I'm like, it's fine. It's going to be okay. It's Because it's they fine. are going to – it's just feelings. It's just a, a fight. It's just whatever it is. It's no big deal actually. What's your takeaway? My takeaway is that I think that if you – know that the relationship that you share with your child is the most important thing and you operate as that being your mantra, you can't really go wrong. And then what's what's one more blank? For me, like this has become my passion because I came from such a bad place in parenting. And then I was like, wait, you can just use connection that I really believe. And this is going to sound super corny, but I, I think you can change a society really honestly. If you can come to your kids with love and kindness and everybody did, I think you really can change the world and, and all the people that live in it. Because if everyone was treated the right way, there wouldn't be the conflicts that we have. Oh, oh, tell me, tell me about your podcast. 
So I have a little podcast called Peace and Parenting. I have a lot of parenting experts on. I also have parents from my own community who have questions and we kind of trouble, you know, go through the questions and I give them an answers. And then I have parents who have success stories and they will come with their success stories. And I also do individual just where I'll just speak on a certain subject. So there's a mixed bag in there. And so, I mean, I mean, of course, don't don't hesitate to reach out to me as a parenting expert to come on your show. Just email me directly, okay. I'm and I'm there. So I'm, I'm sure you honor. want me on the show I'm right honored. away. Anyway, thank you so yeah, much. Thank you guys. So that much. Was so lovely. Very helpful. Thanks for hanging out with us. Make sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And share the show with your friends and help us grow. We'll talk to you guys next week.